Hello and welcome. This is Reverend Mark Bishop, Interim Pastor here at St. Paul United Church of Christ in Wapakoneta, Ohio, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. We say this because we try to live God's extravagant welcome. You are always welcome to be a part of our family at St. Paul UCC here in Wapak. May God bless us abundantly as we worship together. So today we reach the, the end of our sermon series. Over the last 11 weeks, we've explored many faith practices that have become or have possibly become normal in our day-to-day -day lives in hopes that we might find new hidden gems in the practices of our faith to bring us even closer to the still-speaking God. We've started with faith practices for the introvert, Learning, for the, learning from those who have gone before us, leaving great examples of people of faith, and making the bold step to remember to apply even the basics of faith to our day-to-day -day living. In blessing and letting go, we discussed giving and receiving blessing, and being aware of when it is time to give situations a last blessing, then letting them go so they no longer take up toxic real estate in our minds and hearts. We've explored experiencing beauty, all the beauty of God's creation, through the gift of music. We've reconnected with the importance of rest and keeping Sabbath, where we were reminded of the importance of Sabbath, to connect us even more deeply with the divine and how we need to visit that space often. We've explored praying and making ritual, rediscovering that there are many ways to pray, and how sometimes ritual can connect us with our past and present as a reminder of all the great things God has done for us. We've reviewed the importance of not only giving hospitality, but the importance of being a gracious receiver of hospitality. We've explored encountering Scripture in new ways, entering into Scripture as a faith practice, and being ready to recall Scripture to build up ourselves and others. We've adventured into the seemingly endless opportunity of gifts of ministry, and the great things God has for each of us to do, and how God equips those who say yes to the call on each of our lives. We've seen how telling our stories can lift up others, 
and how those stories of great things God has done very well may be passed down from generation to generation. We've been encouraged by those in our midst who have gotten a glimpse of the miraculous. We've wrestled with working for justice and how in it our ultimate goal is the growing of the kingdom of God. And we've talked about how God wants us to live a life that is joyful and how play can help us, relate, help us release that joy and spread it to those around us. We've considered what it means to come to God as little children. As the last in our summer sermon series, today we arrive at the exploration of living stewardship. Now, if as you're hearing that and are thinking, now Anthony's going to tell us why we need to give more money, I ask you not to turn your listening ears off just yet as that is not the direction I plan on going today. To many, stewardship is only or primarily about money and tithing. Our exploration today intends to help us discover and imagine possibilities of what it means to live into a Christian sense of stewardship that includes money and tithing, but involves all of life. We hope to explore both what this can mean and how we might integrate this with our life experiences. Because God is still speaking, we listen, envision, and embrace our responsibility as God's people, drawing upon the stories found in Scripture and the importance of continuing and sharing the story of what it means to be a disciple who is living stewardship. Living stewardship. Say that with me. Living stewardship. If we are a people who proclaims a message of a still-speaking God, how can we not then see our stewardship also as something that is living and full of life? And when we think of a full life, I would pray that our minds go far beyond that of the financial world. When we hear scripture as a community, we discern its life-giving blessing and reconcile its power to generate wholeness with its history of abuse and its potential for misuse. Scripture gives us a foundational image of God that is relational and embodies differences within the whole. We hear many different voices in context within Scripture and are invited to sit with these differences without resolving the tension. Within the context of stewardship, Scripture affirms that God blesses each part of creation as necessary for the well-being of the whole. Scripture tells us we are made in the image of God the creator and source of life, and so invites us to accept the gifts God provided for the enjoyment of all, to embrace life that is really life rather than storing up treasures and individual possessions. 
Generational and experiential differences condition how we perceive, understand, and practice our discipleship. Living as an intentional disciple of Jesus assumes being a person of faith who embraces life in a journey of discovery and discernment about who Jesus is and what it means to live as a steward of God's creation. This discipleship involves the stewardship of our whole lives, even as it enables our stewardship. I'd like to read you uh, a text from the Gospel of Mark. As he was sitting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him, being Jesus, and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own, and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. The man who came to Jesus seemed to be strong on rule compliance, but weak on relationships. He knew what not to do to people, but he, not, he did not have a firm grasp, it would seem, of how to respond to others in loving, compassionate, caring ways. Jesus' approach to the gap in this man's faith walk was not to give him a set of further instructions to follow. Instead, Jesus' key command was, follow me. In other words, come walk with me. Be in close relationship with me. Follow along with me. Do as I do. Live with me and take on my character till it becomes a natural part of who you are. Even Jesus' Jesus's advice for the man to sell what he had and give to the poor was true to what Jesus himself would have done. Becoming a disciple, particularly a disciple who practices faithful stewardship, is not so much about committing 10% of one's income or some other percentage, or giving so many hours of the week to the work of the church and in the service of others. It is less about adhering to such a legalism and more about making the actions, attitudes, and reactions of Jesus our own. It is mimicking Jesus in the most profound sense of the term. 
It is, as someone else has put it, becoming a little Christ. The key to such discipleship is relationship building more than it is rule, enumeration, and adherence. Our ancestors in faith have given us a rich inheritance of living stewardship. The spiritual practice of tithing is a gift that forms us as a community and provides for all, even as it honors God. From tithing as joyful celebration and community among our Hebrew forebears and the holding all things in common of the earliest Christian church, we see that people of faith before us were formed and challenged by God's call, as we are today, to live generously and compassionately, sometimes at great cost. From the beginning of the church, shaped for stewardship by worship, education, fellowship, and service, as intentional disciples of Jesus, we embrace life as a journey of discovery and discernment about who Jesus is, what it means to live as stewards of God's creation, and as workers for justice, peace, wholeness, and inclusion. Exploring this legacy could inspire us to add faithfully to the tradition through our own acts of generous and compassionate stewardship. We live in relationship with God and one another in a world created and sustained by God. The scripture helps us discover how God intends us to live as faithful stewards within a grateful community that goes beyond rituals to serve the needs and celebrate the potentials of our neighbors near and far with extravagant grace and generosity. As we move into the future, a clear vision of where we are headed emerges out of our understanding of stewardship. This growing understanding will be enhanced as we consider far-ranging questions such as, what kind of persons do we want to be? To what purpose did we devote our lives? What are our core values and beliefs? That vision will also benefit by wrestling with more immediate questions such as, what choices and decisions are we making every day in our use of the money, time, talents, and abilities, gifts and graces, the environment, our property, and other resources that have been entrusted to our care? So we just returned from the land of the mouse, where within the Park of the Magic Kingdom, there are many different lands. And one of those is Tomorrowland, the hope and excitement of the future. Within that land is one of my favorite attractions. Go ahead and change the slide the carousel of progress. Now this is not the fastest, most exciting, 
moving attraction within the world of the mouse, but it has such a wonderful message. This attraction debuted at the New York's World Fair as Progress Land on April 22nd of 1964. After the fair, it was moved to Disneyland where it opened up in 1967 as the Carousel of Progress. It closed in 1973 and was relocated to Walt Disney World Resort where it opened in 1975. The purpose of this attraction, um, it's a rotating theater where the seats rotate within multiple different stages. And each of these different stages, as you rotate throughout this attraction, you see the progress of technology, of energy, and of life. We see ourselves now in a time, as we look back on those, that great cloud of witnesses that have come before us in their living stewardship. We can see the progress that has come before us in that living stewardship. And just as the last scene of the Carousel of Progress gives us a hope of the world to come and the technology to come, we sit in a time where we have the, the benefit and the joy and the responsibility to envision what living stewardship might look like in our time and the time that comes after us. As we sit here together today, church, God is calling us to open our eyes to all that surrounds us. As we look at our church finances, as we look at our church's property, as we look at our church's mission and outreach, our church's discipleship, our church's extravagant welcome. In our church's stewardship of all these things, is it a living stewardship? What might we consider needs our attention in living out the stewardship of these things? As we think upon that, which God has done for those who have gone before us and are now the great cloud of witnesses, what God has done for us who are alive here today, and what God will do for those who come after us, how might we, as our first scripture today says, do good, be rich in good works, generous, and ready to share, thus storing up for ourselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future, so that we may take hold of the life that really is life. I don't know about you, but I believe that we are those who, are, who in this present age are rich. I, I believe that we are right, that I believe that we are rich in many things, way beyond the possession of silver and gold. Living stewardship comes down to individuals in the communities of which we are a part. It also involves acting in new ways, 
growing out of our reflection on how we are living our lives and the journey we are on, discerning the messages that we receive throughout our lives from culture, family, and God, experiencing ourselves in community and deciding our next explorations. In whatever we do, in word or deed, may we do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. We pray that you have found blessing and enrichment in joining us for worship today, as we are truly blessed to have you worship with us. Peace and blessings to you, and thank you for joining us today. If you would like to support the ministries of St. Paul United Church of Christ here in Wapakoneta, you can do so in three ways. First, you can mail in your gifts to St. Paul at P.O. Box 147, Wapakoneta, Ohio, 45895. Secondly, you can send your gifts online from our website, stpaulucc.com. Lastly, you can text the amount you would like to give by texting us at 844-971-1800. Come join us again at St. Paul United Church of Christ here in Wapakoneta, where, no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here.